When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. White Sox postgame show coming to you live from our humble abodes after a White Sox win five to three over the Guardians and a White Sox series win over the Guardians after they win seven to four on Saturday. Coming to you again live from our homes, it's the CHGO White Sox crew. I'm Sean Anderson, that's CHGO White Sox beat writer Vinny Duber. You can read his latest piece about Corey Lee at allchgo.com, and that's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on uh, Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Um, Herb, your guy, you know, you put 23 in your Twitter handle, uh, Robin Ventura, a part of one of the great White Sox fights, and we got another one. Uh, there was a game today, but I, I don't think it's going to be Jesse Schulten's time. Uh, I think it's time to talk about grown men fighting each other. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez fight, scuffle, brawl. We'll determine. Ooh, ha ha. Bruhaha uh, will determine uh, what the punishment should be for these folks. Uh, and then we'll get a little bit into White Sox baseball this weekend because, again, the White Sox did win two games. We appreciate everyone uh, hanging out with us. Uh, even Ian, who's saying, uh, me without a baseball cap isn't right. So that makes me feel really self conscious. Thank you, Ian. Love you. Uh, hit that thumbs up button. Uh, and we appreciate it. Uh, guys, what'd you make of the fight? I um, I'm not a fighter. I don't like fights in real life. And in baseball, they seem usually just insignificant people just squaring up try to you know intimidate each other but this was a real fight they squared up and they threw blows and uh timmy got the worst of it it was a couple throws he threw to jose ramirez who's got a good duck game and then jose ramirez threw a blind right hook and it was 99 for tim so it's not that embarrassing to get into a fight and lose because as my mom told me when i was a kid one of these days you're going to run into somebody who's tougher than you, and it's going to be a tough day. And that's yesterday for Tim Anderson. He ran into a dude who doesn't look like much, 5'8", about a buck 90. But Jose Ramirez packs a punch, literally and figuratively. And, yeah, they won that fight. But the White Sox won the season series over the Cleveland Guardians, which I take solace hey. in. And also they won the series this weekend versus Cleveland, who is going for the AL Central ch- title with the Minnesota Twins. So, Yes, the White Sox lost the battle, but overall, they won the war over it, over Cleveland. I'm of a couple of minds uh, about stuff like this. Um, you know, Herb, I totally agree with you. I think it's dumb when people fight in any, you know, in any setting, particularly when you're at work, which I always think is absolutely ridiculous that these guys are behaving this way when they're at their job um, and trying to be professional. But at the same time, this is an entertainment product and uh, people, fans, not all of them, certainly, but a large percentage of them like when this kind of thing happens. Uh, they think that it's uh, they think that it's fun to watch. And and we cannot argue that it is memorable. Sean, you started the show talking about Robin Ventura. We've got, uh, you know, uh, uh 
reporters to this day asking random White Sox players before Crosstown games about A.J. Perzinski getting punched in the face. <laughs> We've got, uh, you know, uh, people writing oral histories of the time the White Sox fought the Tigers that one time. Like, mm-hmm. it is it is truly um, – something that gets remembered. It is something that becomes part of the entertainment product. And um, I think it's dumb and stupid that it happens in the first place. But then when you look back on it, everybody's talking about it. Everybody's into it. And it's kind of part of that viral nature of, of baseball that they're always struggling to achieve. Right. I mean, you've got a guy in Otani doing stuff that should be going viral every single day struggling to break through to the larger, you know, audience of just, you know, people around the, uh, around the country and around the, and the city in the case of, you know, when you're talking about a local team, but uh, you know, something like this pops up on the timelines and uh, it's kind of impossible to ignore and it generates um, interest. And uh, I'm sure we're going to go into TA and, and his, history of doing kind of stuff like this and, and what he might've been thinking last night. But um, there's no doubt that he is a guy who um, is a lightning rod for better or worse when it comes to uh, people talking about the way, you know, baseball is and should be. So uh, here he is once again in the middle of something like this. Yeah. And TA did not play today. We did not have comments from TA after the game. So we don't really know what Tim thinks of all of this. So we're still waiting his thoughts. Uh, but we will get into Terry Francona, uh, Jose Ramirez's thoughts and Pedro Griffol's, uh comments about the the fight. But Vinny, you do bring up something that I, I, I agree with. But again, we are also a content machine. So since we have four people, I think we could do a quick sneak draft. Which coworker could you beat in a fight draft? Okay. All right, Vinny, you have first pick. Who are you going to beat in a fight? Coworkers only. But th- I actually have to tell you what who you who I think I could beat in a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The answer is no one. I've never thrown a punch. I don't ever plan to throw a punch. I think it would just break all of my fingers. Probably. Uh, yeah. I can't. I couldn't right. beat anybody in a fight. Well, so I'm going. I guess I'm, I'm. I guess I'm deferring my first round pick. I'm. I'm going second. I'm picking Vinny. Um, You'd win. <laughs> you would win. Uh, no, it's it's a good point, um, and that's why I think again it gets remembered. That's the main point that you brought up. And I was uh, living that lake life this weekend. Very very lucky. Very very happy. Uh, and uh, my family members just come pouring out of the house, and they're like, "Hey, did you see what happened? Hey, did you see what happened? Hey, did you see what happened?" Because it's not baseball. Uh, right. You know, fighting is not a part of the baseball rules, the baseball culture. It is in hockey. Um, it is in NFL training camp. I mean, hey, you'll see guys smacking each other in the head and then running off uh, 20 yards down the line and an offensive lineman's chasing them. Uh, but in baseball, it's remembered even if the fights are bad. I mean, the Robin Ventura one, Nolan Ryan gives him a noogie like that's just not entertaining. This one. I mean, he threw a fight night two blind blind uh, KO punch, uh, hit right trigger and uh, square and just ducked and threw a looping hook and got Tim. And it's very crazy to see on baseball uh, on a baseball field. And I think that's why, like, my stance is I don't even think these guys should be suspended. Right. I mean, this is baseball. This is playing somebody 17 to 14 times in a season. And we don't see it that often. We didn't see any retaliation today. Um, like they handled it. They got it done. Someone was punched in the face. I think they could step back and be like, hey, whoa, oh, that got a little too out of hand here. So, I mean, I, I totally understand the remarks, but I think it's that's what makes it so fun because it doesn't happen. And it only happens when like something is either being stirred up by Tim, uh, according to Terry Francona and Jose Ramirez, um, or, you know, just when I guess you slide into home plate and Michael Barrett punches you. Um, Herb, 
do you think Tim was jawing? I mean, that's the reports from the Cleveland clubhouse. Uh, Terry Francona saying that he was talking to Gabriel Arias uh, the whole time. And then when he slid into second, uh, there was the hard tag, possibly. I mean, what would you make of how it even happened? Because the Sox were up 5 nothing. Uh, Ramirez hits that double, scores a run, uh, makes it 5-1. And then when he's going to second, there is that hard tag. And that's what starts getting them up, jawing with each other. And then Tim throws his glove down and starts looking like Glass Joe, the way he's standing with his 1920s boxing stance. Yeah, the um, broadcast, NBC Sports Chicago, showed a part of the beginning of, I, I don't know what inning it was, but Pedro Cofal had to go out and talk to the umpire. And... I didn't know what it was about necessarily because you can hear kind of the uh, the crowd mic, but it was you know not very uh, clear exactly what was said. But you could hear something jawing going back and forth. But it turned out to be Tim at the back end of the dugout talking to second baseman Gabriel Arias and the umpire telling him to cool off and stop it, you know. And that's why Pedro went out and talked to the umpire about it just to make sure what was going on and didn't want to cause a big kerfuffle and didn't want Tim to be kicked out of the game then that slide happened I think two or three innings after that I you know for me I didn't see a hard tag but Jose knows himself he knows he's been tagged before and maybe as with uh Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson you know they don't have a familiar relationship they don't have a a relationship where you can tag them hard you know you see uh, Acuna and um, I forgot the guy's name, um, Segura. They kind of have mm. that relationship where they tag each other hard. They play each- with each other. They hit each other while they're on the bases. But Tim and uh, Jose don't rock like that. And so you saw Tim hold the tag there a little longer. Jose Ramirez kind of instigate the fight with a punch to the back of the knee of Tim while Tim was about to get up uh, over him. And then that's where the jawing starts. And then as uh, I think it was Mansu Lee on Twitter, not the real Mansu Lee, a guy just goes by the name, pointed out that Jose Ramirez pointed in Tim's face, like right directly in his face, and no person is going to allow that to stand. Now, now whether he talks to him or it's going to be squaring up like Tim did is the difference. Tim, you know, squared up after that. And if you square up after that, hey, man, anything after that is a fair game. Even though I'm not liking fighting, if you do that, you better win and you'd come out the way that Tim came out. It's not good. And as we're talking about Robin Ventura, which happened on August 4th in 1993, this happened on August 5th, 2023. So 30 years, almost to the day of another white Sox getting embarrassed by a player while they started the fight, you know, started the actual, you know, fisticuffs. So it's not good for the white Sox. And I fear, like I wrote last night, that this is going to follow Tim. This is the thing that people 30 years from now, when we're having another White Sox fight, people are going to bring up about Tim, not the silver sluggers, not the all-star appearances, not the corn game, a walk-off home run, but Tim got his, his wig split by Jose Ramirez. I mean, if you think about Jose Batista, you think about the walk-off home run in the playoffs, but you also think about him getting snacked by Rogan Ordor at second base. And by the way, somebody pointed out Elvis Andres, on the field for both of those. Wow. Watching his teammate getting for his teammate either getting <laughs> throwing the punch or the uh, the teammate getting the, the punch received. Did you know he was actually in Texas for the Nolan Ryan and Robin Ventura fight too? I would I would not doubt it. He's been he was on the bench a player forever. Um it's 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 weird. This is um not the first time something like this has happened with TA. Obviously it's probably the one that is most um visually 
memorable, right? This is uh, something that is, is going to run as a clip and a highlight for a long, long time. Herb, you're right. But, um, you know, TA has been involved in this kind of thing before. There's the benches clearing incident in Detroit um, where he was, uh, you know, in, in, involved with that and, and ended up getting suspended because of he makes contact with an umpire. You mentioned the Donaldson thing, which obviously we know is all Donaldson's doing. That's not really Tim's fault there. But, um, you know, Tim, I remember, I believe it was in Cleveland, you know, middle finger to the fans that earned him a suspension, uh, you know, there in Cleveland. Like this is it's it's part of it's part of him. And, you know, I, I think that it is probably, you know, that attitude that he has on the field is 90 percent, 90, 99 percent of the time is, is a good thing and, a, and a, a good thing for him. You, you know, in the way that he acts, he's talked about having a killer instinct and and being, you know, a guy who wants to beat the other team really, really badly. Um, and he's also uh, someone who can use that to motivate his teammates. It's good for the game. We remember remember the bat flip heard around the world, the whole uh, the whole Brad Keller thing. He, he didn't get he didn't get suspended for hitting a home run or flipping his bat. He got suspended for what he said to Brad Keller after he got hit by a pitch again. There was nuance to that, and I'm not saying Tim Anderson did a, a wrong thing and he deserved to be suspended. There was there was nuance there for sure. But he's a guy that's going to open his mouth when he feels like he needs to. It seems like he was opening his mouth quite a bit to the Cleveland Guardians last night from what they are reporting, uh, you know, after the game. Heck, I believe Jose Ramirez was quoted as saying that T.A. told him he wanted to fight. <laughs> like, I mean, like, this is, uh, you know, who knows what that actual exchange was like if either of the guys heard each other correctly. But it, it seemed to me to maybe step uh, stem from the fact that TA didn't remove himself from standing over Jose Ramirez right away. That's a, that's a kind of thing that we've seen athletes in general in the past, really not like, um, you know, I was watching the soccer game this morning and I think we saw something like that too, uh, in, in, in the soccer game. So, uh, that is something that, uh, happens quite a bit in sports, but again, this is something that, uh, TA has a history of the quote unquote extracurricular activity, if you will, in terms of uh, the non-baseball part of being on a baseball field. And it, uh, again, I think it's something that most of the time makes him really, really good, but there are times that can, it can lead to stuff like this. And uh, we've seen it now with a team that Herb, you brought it up earlier. This is a division opponent. You see them all the time. And, and that, that history is going to build. And right, and A.V. Breeze, 25, saying Ramirez went at T.A.'s knees when he was injured uh, earlier this year. Like, that's stuff that is just very fandom-driven, right? Like, that is going to be, like, you're always going to build a narrative when some you see somebody 17 times in a year or whatever. How many times do they play now? Uh, 12, yeah. right? 12? Okay, yeah. cut down from 17. Yeah. Um, 19, well, not, it was 19, yeah. 19. Uh, when you see uh, nine, uh, you know, team 12 times like this and you're winning for a possible, you know, wild card or division. And I think even someone uh, mentioned, you know, this could possibly hurt the guardians, uh, wild card race here, uh, as you know, Jose Ramirez, their best player might get suspended. Um, but we'll never know the nuances of every single thing is that led up to this between Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson, because they've played 50 plus games against each other. So we really don't know who has done what, what the scoreboard is, because at the end of the day, these two men shouldn't be punching each other on a baseball field. So, Correct. you know, both guys lose. Tim mm -hmm. Anderson might have uh, been uh, unconcussed or uh, concussed and knocked out and unconscious. Uh, but, you know, in the both in, in at the end, uh, you know, baseball loses. Um, but uh, to go to what 
Francona said, this is from MLB.com. Uh, Francona said Tim had been chirping at Gabriel Arias all night uh, after his actions caused so much frustra frustration in Cleveland's clubhouse the night before. The Guardians had no interest in hearing more from the shortstop. Quote, I know that Anderson was yelling at Arias because the umpire went and told him to knock it off. Francona said, uh, quote, Anderson said some things he probably shouldn't have, end quote. Uh, and then this is from Jose Ramirez through uh, Augustin Rivero, the Guardians interpreter. I think Tim has been disrespecting the game for a while. It's not from yesterday. It's from before. I even had the chance to tell him during the game, don't do this stuff that's disrespectful. Don't start tagging people like that because in reality, we are here trying to f find ways to provide for our families. Um, Rewatching the tag, um, I, I don't know. It may Maybe Jose thought that Tim was like going for his head and then like Jose was able to duck and then Tim gets him on the butt. Um, But I, it really seemed innocuous. It just seemed like, Jose was underneath Tim and just kind of standing up and Tim was probably saying something and he had probably been saying something the entire series. Like I'm never going to tell anyone to knock that off. Like that's what I like about Tim. Um, I mean, Herb, you've seen it on the softball field. Uh, I am definitely way too competitive. I have mm -hmm. uh, been told by our umpire uh, to turn it down. Okay. I mean, we've all been there folks. Uh, it's, it's competition. Um, I don't think either of these guys are bad people, but you know, you're always going to be for your side. So, I mean, you're always going to try to build some narrative against the other person because that's your guy. These guys shouldn't be doing this in the bottom line. I mean, like, you know, uh, Tim shouldn't be dropping his glove and again, standing like the ND, uh, you know, fighting leprechaun. Uh, I'm fine with him talking trash, but if you talk too much trash, you might have to deal with it. And uh, it's just unfortunate. Well, and again, this kind of smacks of the whole, this is someone telling Tim Anderson how he should play baseball thing you know what i mean this is josh donaldson all over again this is brad keller all over again and and you know obviously these are different situations each and every time but don't don't tell tim anderson how he should be going about playing baseball we have seen that when he plays baseball the way he wants to and the way that he hopes to not only is he very successful at playing baseball but he's very he's very entertaining and he brings something to baseball that baseball sorely needs that was the conversation way back when with the bat flip it's 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 been the conversation throughout and it and there are hints of this again now what is he doing to disrespect the game jose ramirez and also the game is uh, an inanimate object it doesn't get offended so you know it it it's it's absolutely tim if you're saying stuff that is a, that is mean and offensive to people don't do that and if you and you know what don't get in a fight don't drop your glove don't punch try to punch somebody but at the same time let's not have a giant oh we need to uh, step in to enforce this stupid nonsense because i think tim anderson is not doing things the way i think tim anderson should be doing them that's ridiculous. Tim Anderson should play the game he, the way he wants to play. Jose Ramirez, who, by the way, is a massively entertaining and massively successful baseball player, love watching him play. Um, he should be playing the way he thinks he should be playing. And at the end of the day, we'll see whose who's, uh, style of play wins. More times than not, certainly against this White Sox team, it's been Jose Ramirez's. So, uh, you know, that that's something that I, I really want to stop here. I really, really want to stop hearing people telling Tim Anderson how he should be playing baseball. And with that too, I feel like, you know, Tim's had a bad year and it's been the fall off has really led some people. And in this comment section right here, somebody's talking about rap sheet. Tim hasn't been arrested. We're talking about rap sheets. And, and so I, you know what I'm getting at. There's some, there's some no, right. coded language going on. Tim deserves your anger about his play 
He deserves some derision for all the stuff that he does that you think are falling short on the field. But there's some people taking it too far, and the whistles are blowing. Let me just say that. The dog whistles are blowing. I can hear them. Tim deserves your scorn, but not all the stuff that has been hurting. Like today, there was a thing that people had him compared with in the same category as Mike Clevenger. He, Tim has never had anything that has rivaled what Mike Clevenger has allegedly done off the field. So I just want to nip that in the bud. Laugh at the jokes. I've been clowning on Tim too. If you asked him and what I would, ex- I would uh, advise him to do is to lean into this thing. Lean into it. Yeah, I got knocked out, but I got up. Knocked down seven times, get up eight. Something like that. Go with a company that's going to give you that type of thing. You know, make fun of yourself. Lean into the joke. If you go the other way and you say, I'll never talk about this, that's going to be your thing. That's going to be your legacy. So I think that we can make fun of Tim and we can tell him that he deserves it for popping off and talking too much. You know, sometimes, you, you know, you the whole saying of, you know, don't cash text that your, fate or your ass can't cash or something like that. That your Maybe mouth did. Cash. Yeah, and so he definitely wrote some checks out there and some wolf tickets, and he got caught up last night. But we can keep it at that. Going a little far on the rap sheets and all these other extra stuff that I can hear. Well, I'm just letting you guys know. I hear them. Right. It's and- noted. It is noted. Not you guys, but the people who are listening and watching. Yeah, no, and, and sorry to step on your toes there, um, but you're right. I mean, like, this doesn't change my opinion of 2023 Tim Anderson. It's it's goofy. It's dumb men getting each other's faces and screaming, and one of them's talking about how they're providing for their family. It's like, Jose Ramirez, take you play in Cleveland. Calm down. Relax. Like, I, I, I get it. Like, you got your money. Like, no one's trying to – like, and, and maybe Tim's saying stuff that's completely out of line. I mean, again, like, the umpire apparently said something to him. Um, if that's the case, then MLB would handle that. Like, I don't know. Like, we don't know enough about that. We don't have access to the field mics. We don't know what he was saying to Gabriel Arias. And clearly it was enough to piss Cleveland off. But again, like he, he's not a criminal for, you know, shit talking during a baseball game. Uh, he's just a, a struggling baseball player. But I mean, that that's the most exciting thing that we've seen in White Sox baseball all year. So I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at him. I mean. Hey, let's give us a little more entertainment. Um, let's uh, pause real quick. Uh, we'll, we'll take an ad break and then we'll rejoin this conversation. Um, I do want to go with Pedro Grafal said because um, there was so much entertaining last night and then Pedro spoke. Um, let's let you know about our friends <laughs> over <laughs> at oh, Goose God. Island. A uh, little shade uh, on the way out. <laughs> it's all cute. always keep it the library is open um chgo is supported by goose island beer company uh chicago's beer since 1988 the beer roster includes 312 wheat ale our favorite in the office uh the goose ipa it's a six-time medal award winner at the great american beer fest and the lovely uh tropical beer hug the uh, beer hug ipa series they have the tropical one that's at 9.9 percent alcohol that's dangerously easy to drink uh they have the neon the hazy one at 6.8 they got the neon one at seven uh in the juicy at 7.3 a lot of uh, uh tantalizing flavors uh, in the beer hug ipa series um and you can grab an ultra fresh brewery exclusive beer at goose island's original brew house on clybourne avenue in lincoln park or from their tap room on fulton street in west town Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. We also have an event coming up in 10 days uh, at Wrigley Field. Uh, Vinny, are you going? 
I mean, I'll be working. Okay, you're gonna be working. I guess yeah. that it, you it, it's not I'll a, be in the building. <laughs> well, I know you travel to a guaranteed rate for the Southpaw thing to be Southpaw, but like you know, I I just didn't know if you, you could go to Wrigley Field, but the Southpaw badge gets you in. I see. So your your theory now is that I when every time I go to the ballpark, I'm not actually working for us. I'm just there by happenstance doing my other job. I think you can multitask. And I think that you are Vinny gotcha. Duber in the Southpaw suit. You're you're getting a very interesting angle. Uh, sure. Through, sure. <laughs> I don't think journals. Clark lets Southpaw in. They'd have to. Come on. I mean, I mean like, I'll... I'll We'll have a talking with the Cubs guys if they're yeah, not letting this Southpaw. Isn't, this is like college. This isn't like college football where the no. opposing mascot comes and stands at the other in the other end zone. <laughs> um, they should, but they'd be fun. Why don't they? Because <laughs> people will, like hey, beat them up. If you like, hey, if you're one of these people who wants to see fights in baseball, that's you should be rooting for that because the mascot fights. Who cares about that? Mascot fights can be choreographed. That's what you want to see, right? I would love to see Clark and Southpaw go at it. Um, anyways, uh, I once saw Ozzy. I once saw Ozzy Cougar, uh, Ozzy Cougar and the San Diego Chicken uh, tag team to beat up Barney the Dinosaur at a Cougars game. Barney? Yeah. Like Barney, Barney, or like like Barney know, the Dinosaur? Yeah. Like a knockoff Barney, though. I I don't think one. it was an authorized Barney appearance. Okay, but it all right. Was, That's what I was trying was to get. Barney to. the Dinosaur. Yeah. That'd be really <laughs> expensive, especially like back in the day. Like Barney was at a real peak then. I mean, that, that Barney would have been real expensive. <laughs> That's a disadvantage um, right there. Was Birdzerk even available to Bird, help Barney out? Bird, Birdzerk was not in the building. Myron Noodleman not present. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know super, who knew where the superstars were, Herb? But look, the San Diego Chicken. Why was he there? What was his thing? He does it was a big deal. He would travel around to like minor league parks. He's like, oh, come out to the game tonight. And you'll get to see the legendary antics of the San Diego chicken. But like, was there, why chicken? Like, why? Was you're not famous with, uh, with the San Diego chicken. You're not familiar. No, oh, no but like, but like, I, I am. I know. But like, yeah. but like, why San Diego? Why chicken? Was it there a team? Like, I just, I just know he's a mascot, but I didn't think there's ever any. Is that the bit? He's just. He's a chicken and he was in San Diego. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Uh, there's not much. There's not. I don't think there's a whole ton of thought being put into that. Yeah. The character originated from an animated TV commercial. All right. There, there you, you go. go. I didn't know. I mean, I wasn't in San Diego in 1974 watching the commercials. Herb, were you? Almost, but no. Okay. You were a little late. It's a famous in guy. Yeah. That I think that guy is not with us anymore. But I believe he is. He was present Ted? at he was Ted? present at the uh, Joe the Joe West uh, game, the record setting Joe West game at the so at the Sox Ted game like two years ago. Yeah, Ted Genulius. Uh Yeah, yeah. He the San Joe West requested that the San Diego Chicken be present and do some do some stuff. Sixties. <laughs> Ted Genulius? or yeah, Joe 53. West, born in fifty three, so he's yeah. still with us. All right, good. Not that old. <laughs> I thought he was older than that. Sky Point. Um. All right. Uh. Let's get through the ads. Uh. Game time. Uh. Buying last-minute tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Obviously, you can go see a White Sox game, and they can get you in, and we'll give you a nice little code at the end to get some money off. You can go see the Yankees play. The Yankees are coming to town, folks. Uh, we're very excited about that. You can go check out the Yankees uh, U.S. – not U.S. Cellular. What year is it? Guaranteed rate field um, with our friends over at Game Time. They have killer last-minute deals. Uh, on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. Vinny, have you gone to the night sweats yet? Is that coming out? It's Thursday. It's Thursday. I, I will be there. Do. My first trip to the salt shed, uh, uh, bought on game time, purchased on game time. 
Nice. And we got so many beautiful venues in Chicago. So go take advantage of this code. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals uh, on tickets right up to the day of the event. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Um, again, the Yankees are coming to town. Who, who doesn't want to see the Yankees? Uh, we got some uh, starred comments here. Uh, Steven, what, what's, what's going on? You just like these? Just a fan of these. Comments. I was just putting them on there because we have so many comments coming in. I want to make we sure do. I have the ones that I want to put on screen ready to go because they're no, so hard that's... to sift through right now. We have 145 watching, and we just crossed over 34,000 subscribers. All right, oh, thank you. Yes. Look at you. So All right. Gavin and, uh... Floyd number subs- thousand subscribers. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> there's Sorry. there's thir- uh, 34,000 Gavin Floyd lovers. Um, so. Let's go to some of these comments then. And shout out to everybody listening. Hit that like button. And uh, our guy, Other Sean, uh, who's got Herb in the profile picture. I think the comeback today was entertaining. Uh, a save for Jimmy freaking Lambert. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. I think I got some Michael Kopech thoughts as well. Uh, but after this series win against Cleveland, uh, I think Hans Fladelfall is that this team is to build, beat the crap out of the AL Central. I was surprised when you told me that the Guardians uh, lost the season series to the White Sox. Uh, blinking, you might miss it. Uh did, was Tim kind of handily so, right? I think it, it turned out to be they... seven to five. Oh, okay. I think. I thought. I think maybe it was eight to or four. maybe eight to four. Yeah. Eight to four. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. Yeah. And they're twenty-two games under five hundred. Twenty-three. The White Sox are twenty-three. Sixty-eight forty-five. I don't know. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You know. You're right. You're right. I don't know. Something how to like you're, that. I don't know. I don't. I don't know math. Um. <laughs> and then Victor said. Uh, Imagine if Tim was brought out to pinch hit in the ninth today. I thought immediately when uh, J-Ram was on second in the ninth, for some reason I just was like, I blocked it out that Elvis Andres was playing shortstop. And I was like, oh, slick play by Tim. He's probably wanted to show off for Jose Ramirez right there. Um, but I, I, I guess not. Was he not available? I didn't hear uh, any specific comment. I think from he was available. I believe the idea off. is that it was a scheduled day off, I believe is what I saw from uh, from from the Sun-Times. is Daryl Van Scowen, who was out in the Cleve. This well, and then. Benny had a day off too, and he only went in the game to relieve uh, uh, Aloy's legs for uh, for running. Around, runner, so. Yeah, yeah. So that that makes sense. Um, all right, let's get to Pedro Grafal's comments or kind of lack thereof. Um, Grafal, after this fracas scuffle, what are we calling it? Brawl. Herb used the best word already. Brouhaha. That's the, brouhaha. That's the one I like. Yeah. After this brouhaha, uh, I also Grafal, know how to spell it, which is exciting. Too. Spell it. B-R-O-U-H-A-H-A. All one word. Brouhaha. Uh, country of origin? <laughs> good, good question. <laughs> Mythical. Um, yeah. Yeah. So- we had Victor Von Doom in the chat, so let's go ahead and call it Latveria. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pedro's comments after the game. Quote, I'm not going to comment on it, said Grafal, who uh, with Sauerbaugh pre- to, uh, oh, I don't know, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not going to comment on it. Uh, I think I'm going to let MLB figure uh, it out, uh, do their investigation, and watch the video. They have some work to do. Uh, Pedro Grafal not saying anything uh, of note, uh, truly. And I was just trying to read that word from word from Daryl, uh, writing in, in the Sun-Times. Um, but what do we make of Pedro not commenting on it? Because it seemed like Terry Francona was very happy to comment on it. We see, uh, you know, Jose Ramirez saying that Tim Anderson was disrespecting the game. Uh, I know Kopech, who was the starter, had some comments on there. Uh, but it was mostly, you know, you're going to see a lot of each other. Basically, what I've been saying, you know, stuff happens. Uh, what do we make of Pedro comment i didn't think it was terribly unusual um particularly because 
he was ejected, correct? Um, mm -hmm. I, I think it, you know, when, when we hear, let's say, uh, you know, a, a manager gets in the grill of an umpire and, and is mad about something and gets ejected, sometimes the manager will just go, I'm not going to say anything else because I'm so mad that I don't want to say anything that's going to get me, you know, fined or suspended, complaining after the fact kind of thing. Um, this might be one of those situations, and especially because he mentioned that MLB has to sift through a lot and, and, and figure out what's going on, what sort of punishments they have to hand down. Um, maybe he just didn't want to give anybody else any additional, uh, you know, reason to uh, to look into his team, his players, or, or him personally in terms of what uh, went ahead and went down. Terry Francona is a, is a World Series winning manager who's been around for a very long time. Um, he, he has the, I don't know if you want to use the word cachet, but he has the kind of... Uh, reputation that he can kind of speak on these things and, and he's walked these lines many times before um i'm not sure that pedro grafal has even though he's been part of a big league coaching staff for a long time before coming over to the white Sox. but um i i, I wasn't surprised by the lack of detail that he went into uh simply because uh you know it was a situation where he was ejected as well as his player and maybe didn't want to uh get you know walk down that road any further yeah and i don't know what pedro would say in the situation that happened before him like like he would maybe talk about the thing that terry talked about that terry francona was kind of wolfing at tim that he was only being aggressive when there was three or four white socks in front of him type of such situation that i think is what triggered off pedro from yelling at the, the third base coach and at tito himself and so that would be the only thing I would think that he would volunteer. And what does that do for him and the team going forward? So I think it's good to bite his tongue and not say anything while also think it's kind of funny that what Tito Francona said, it's funny. It was good. Like they asked him, was like, did you see him catch that left hook? He's like, no, right hook. Um, it was a right <laughs> hook. And, you know, he was kind of having a little fun with it. And so be it. He could, you know, do anything. I have no problem with him actually having a problem with Tim and having his players back and then having a little fun with Tim and joking with the press that he caught him with that right hand. And same thing with uh, Jose Ramirez. I think there's a very little fault that goes with this whole fight situation and however people handle it, they handled it. But I don't uh, say like, usually I would say, yeah, guardians, not nah, they did wrong right now. I didn't see anything wrong from J Ram except for the hit to Tim's knee. And that was about it. He was challenged to a fight. He he started that fight or he had that fight and he finished that fight. That's all good. Same thing with uh, Terry Francona. His player, he was protecting him. He thought the other uh, guy was out of line. So he spoke up during the time. So however, everybody handled the, their roles last night post-fight and then uh, not talking or talking, I think was the best idea. I don't know what you do with Tim, a mic after that. Like, I'm glad they sent him home or sent him back to the hotel and didn't play him today because I don't know what you're going to get today or, or what you're going to get uh, out of him after being so steamed last night and having Andrew Vaughn, another good thing. That man picked up another grown man and carried him a <laughs> country distance. I did not know that. I didn't know Andrew had all that. Baby, let's go. Let's uh, If he starts pulling into, the ball, he'll hit homers. I'm about to say, let's start translating that into the actual – baseball stuff because that is strong and people are like oh he's only 185 go find a 185 pound man and you walk with that 185 pound who's man trying who's trying to get away from you exactly that doesn't <laughs> want to be caught 
and and just taking him wherever you need to. Jose Abreu did that, but Jose is like six three and two plus. Andrew's shorter and le- less weight than Tam, and he's carrying him like a rag doll. But everybody after post fight, I think they did the right things, and especially the White Sox not letting Tim talk, and then Pedro giving him already. He said it was a scheduled day off, so I gotta believe Pedro. It was a scheduled day off from him and Andrew Benintendi. Yeah, I I do believe that it would be a scheduled day off. I mean, it's a Sunday, and that's been pretty, uh, you know, apropos, maybe, uh, of uh, Pedro Grafol's lineup construction. Um, yeah, and I don't know about Tim Hiding because it really did seem like Andrew Vaughn. We heard a lot of leadership comments from Rick Hahn at the trade deadline about Andrew Vaughn. Um, it just kind of seemed like Andrew Vaughn was stepping up because, again, fights are stupid. These guys shouldn't be fighting at work. Um, and I think maybe that's Pedro's thought is he just didn't want to be too harsh on – those two guys fighting because he probably didn't like them fighting. Um, but he also doesn't want to step on Tim being Tim. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just felt like it was, you know, he probably felt like he probably couldn't win either way. Um, I don't know. He, he doesn't seem like a, he would like fighting. I don't know. Pedro. Pedro. Who knows? Who knows? Sometimes, you know, Maybe. sometimes there are folks who think that that's very much part of the, the like game. You know what I mean? And, and I, I don't, I don't think that it needs to be. I mean, heck, you know, the comparison's always made between hockey and, you know, how, oh, they fight in hockey all the time and it's fine and it's part of the game and everything. But is it? Does it have to be? I mean, we watched a a Blackhawks team for how many years that really never gotten to that sort of uh, thing. They did it occasionally, obviously, but certain players would. But uh, for the most part, they kind of shied away from that aspect of it, even the hitting aspect of it, uh, you know, kind of the rough play. And they managed to, to be as successful, if not more successful than anybody else. So um, it, it seems that you could certainly drop some of that old school thinking and still be a very successful and very, you know, hard nosed and, and, and energetic and, and successful uh, player, an athlete in any sport, really. Yeah, right. Well, and it seems like hockey, they've just like most sports, they've focused on speed and it's just been less about hitting and fighting. Um, but still, I mean, like, that is checking is a part of hockey like you know that is a way you play defense there's no there's no like hard tags is not a thing that's just you being an ass you know like there's there's nothing in baseball that should be instigating it's a pastime it's supposed to be you know hey we have two hours to kill because it's 1886 and it's this or we could just get whooping cough and die um you know so hey let's go play some baseball um no one was trying to take it too seriously i think that's what jose ramirez is saying but then you're saying disrespecting the game we're all about our families like tim i don't think he was trying to say anything like that because i mean tim's gone through the struggles but uh uh yeah i, I don't know uh, of, of being a major league baseball player um i i liked vaughn though well and I, I that was great I, I will just say this again we didn't hear from tim I'm not going to try to guess what's going on in his head, but do you think you'll hear from him tomorrow? Good question. I don't know. We'll find out, but uh, I I will say this. Tim is all about, you know, through his own words, he's Mr. Have fun. He's Mr. Uh, Entertainment and, and put on everything. He didn't really seem too mad during that fight. Do you think he was angered to the point of fighting or do you think he was, you know, goofing around and, and it just happened to involve some fighting. I don't know. I, I'm not going to guess. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to guess, but it, 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 again, he didn't seem too angered by anything, obviously maybe feeling, you know, the finger in the face, Herb, as you mentioned, is, yep. is can, can set off anybody, but um, 
I don't know. When you drop your glove like that and, and put up the leprechaun dukes, as you were saying, Sean, <laughs> is that something you do if you're actually trying, trying to succeed in, in, in fighting somebody? Right. Again, I don't know. I don't have any fighting experience. So Exactly. We'll Just also, like, if you put that your dukes up, as the old school term goes, you got to keep your dukes up. Like, he would have not caught that right if he would have kept his dukes up. You know, lowering your dukes like that, it's like <laughs> you're inviting that right hook. So Tim needs to get in that boxing gym. That's the thing. Find a boxer to train you, so you can go. <laughs> you have an all-season fight with uh, Jose Ramirez for charity. Something. Lean into it, Tim. If you don't, man, this is going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Well, it, it reminds me of the Roy Wood uh, Jr. tweet I saw yesterday. Uh, the Alabama Coalition will not be offering a statement on the Tim Anderson fight. Please respect our privacy at this state of time. Uh, and then his uh, response. I don't know what movie this is from, uh, but it's you win some, you lose some. Uh, and then uh wait what was the, what's the finishing lyric oh my i'm sorry it's it the gif is going too slow uh but you live to fight another day but he says uh, starting for him a solid though classic southern black man uh put your dukes up young blood um um but you win he, some you lose some you fight a day that's up uh, from friday okay it looked like friday craig's dad told craig that because he, craig was about to bring a gun out to kill debo but he said just fight him with your hands which he did and he won <laughs> and, um so Debo uh, debo's in that movie um, yes, I mean he, he he's about the same size. Daryl Boss is about the same size as the, oh, the actor about. Tiny Lister, <laughs> who is not with us anymore. Rest in peace. But yes, Sad point. Um, yeah, I I, I again I like that. I, I I don't know. It's hopefully they don't get suspended. I don't know. I think that's my my. Th- Do you think they'll get suspended for oh, probably yes. like two to three oh, games? Yes. I mean, yes. I think Tim will probably get the the lion's share of the if not seven plus games because of if you were going with this as the rap sheet, which rap sheet is more criminal, but if you're going with this, he has multiple um, run-ins with umpires though. I think he'll probably get something that's seven, maybe 10 games. And then Jose Ramirez, which will hurt Cleveland more, will get something like five games because he was in the incident. And like I said, I think if they look at the tape, he's the one who started all the contact with the punch to Ken's knee. So five games for him, seven plus for Tim. And then class A might get three. Class A. Yeah, he got suspended. He got thrown out of the game last night for his actions, what he did. <laughs> but it was only Noah Syndergaard and how big and tall he is that didn't get class A into more trouble because he couldn't get to the fracas a little bit more. I just f- missed out on that. There was so much happening. I mean, then Aloy is like limping and uh, away from the fracas. Uh, seems like he's okay, but I mean, those legs seem sore. I mean, he's uh, you seems like out for stepped, a brawl. Seems like somebody stepped on his foot. Yeah, oh, is what it okay. seemed like. Yeah, because he he was he was in the middle of everything and then started hopping out on the one foot. And I'm and I'm like, if man, the the word the, the phrase I always say, the lyric I always say, if it wasn't for bad luck, you wouldn't have no luck at all. But I'm like, you know, here we go again with, with, with something goofy like this happening. But to see him in the lineup today, um, obviously he's he's fine. So I think somebody might have just stepped on his foot. Well, and then we see uh, Class A in the game, too, and the Sox are able to uh, get the win off of him. So let's take a break. We'll talk a little bit about uh, today's game. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about them winning the series se- uh, season, and we'll talk a little bit about Kopech. Uh, as well. Um, these season numbers, though, are surprising for a team that's uh, 
23 games under 500. Uh, let's let you know, though, about our friends over at Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Uh, got a lot of compliments on my shades on the lake this week. They were very polarized. They were very clear. Uh, just, I mean, they look good. And I again, like I told someone the price and uh, they were just kind of astonished because, again, they are better than any expensive pair you've ever worn. I have sat on them just like a cheap pair and they haven't broken. Like there is nothing that I think that you can do to break your shady rays. And if you do, they're not going to ask any questions. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they tell us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You wear your shady rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. But again, they have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. Um, it, truly the best sunglasses that I have ever owned. And if you don't love your shady rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop their team. Always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Race is giving their best deal out for the season. Go to ShadyRace.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself. The shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Uh, and they have a ton of different selections, too. So go just, you know, waste a Sunday looking at sunglasses. That seems very fun. That seems like I, something that you could do. I, I got a new pair recently and I put mm -hmm. them on. I wore them out for the first time yesterday. And my wife said they made me look cool. So how about that? Hey, how about very that? Nice. <laughs> Always cool when your wife likes you. Uh <laughs> it's the most important. It's the most important constituency, certainly. Absolutely. Uh, and hey, we know we love our, our friends over at Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary. Sunnyside is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kind of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summer. It's a one-stop shop for all your cannabis needs, no matter where you are on your cannabis journey. They have easy online ordering and in-store pickup, and they have a great transparent loyalty program, Sunnyside Rewards, so you will get rewarded for buying your cannabis. Um, Illinois' favorite dispensary, Herb, I know yours is in Wrigleyville. Um, I, I like Correct. the one over by uh, our guy Law Dog uh, in Elmwood. Uh, but what's your favorite? What's your go-to? Uh, I know you go for, for the gummies, right? Yeah, I go Fry A. I was going to show you. It's right behind the camera, but I, I don't want to reach over. But uh, Fry A gummies, delicious. Sativa-based. Get you right in, nice and right where you need to be. Right right where you need to be to play some video games and kick some ass on MLB The Show. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, kids. You're thinking about it. We got 15 yes, minutes, Herb. Don't worry. I'm going to be there with you. Uh, they got Mindy's, Cresco, Good News, like Herb said, High Supply, Floracal, Wonder, Remedy, a ton of in-house brands. So through August, it's right now, a couple days left, head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order, one use per customer, and it's not stackable with other promotions. That's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. Must be 21 plus or an Illinois med card holder. And finally, we want to let you know about our friends over at um, Foco. And they have helped deck out our inset studio, and we're very excited to be back there tomorrow for Yankees post game. Uh, but you'll see the lovely Southpaw mascot bobblehead, the great TA bobblehead that we have. Uh, so go check out their website too. You can get lost with all their hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Uh, they have the best sports gear around. They have a checkered overalls that the big uh, lineman Tevin Jenkins was wearing. I mean, not only do they have a crazy amount of uh, wacky stuff to be a fan they also have huge sizes for nfl linemen so you know you're you're going to be covered no matter what uh so go check out foco.com foco.com or click on the link in the description below for all non-presale items use the promo code chgo for 10 percent 
off. And they also have some stuff to get you ready for baseball. Uh, Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags. So if you're buying some tickets on game time to go to the Yankees game, uh, I don't think you could get one day shipping with FOCO, but you can get 10% off with code CHGO. Um, all right. So right now, here are these stats. Um, did they play 13 games against Cleveland? Because right now the record was seven and five. That wasn't final. So now it's eight and five, I think. Okay. I think okay. they played 13 games against Cleveland. Um, so eight and five against Cleveland. I just want to bring it up because I know we talked about 12 divisional games. So that's it's maybe 12 or 13. It's getting to 162 is weird. Um, but eight and five against Cleveland, four and three against Detroit, four and three against Kansas City, three and six against Minnesota. Um, I mean, again, for a team that's 23 under and that is in this bad of a division, like Michael Kopech uh, threw some shade at, uh, Cleveland's still under 500. Um, I don't know why. Why what? Why did he do that? Oh, They're well. so much further under 500. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> they both <laughs> suck. He's like, yeah, he's we like suck. But them they... for being in a sub 500 team. But we're like... not going to, the quote was, we're not going to get bullied by a team that's also playing less than 500 baseball. So if you're above 500, you can get bullied by them now. <laughs> Yankees are going to come in and take your lunch money. Didn't make any sense. <laughs> um, but, I mean, is this surprising for, like, the, the White Sox are clearly failing everywhere else but the division. I guess Minnesota. But you even look at the first game that they played, T.A.'s getting injured, and that obviously uh, affects the entire White Sox series and season after that. Yeah, if you tell me that Luis Roberts going to have one of the best years of the American League and the best of his career, hit 30 home runs plus. And one double away get, from 30-30. Yeah, you're going to get – pretty good effort from Lucas Giolito most of the year. You're going to get good effort from uh, various and sundry players, and you're going to beat Cleveland in the season series. I'm like, baby, that is a team that's looking for the AL Central Championship. But no, nowhere near that. So it's a conundrum that they played so well versus Cleveland, even though you see the the little hints of the Tim stuff that happened yesterday, the all the errors he's made over the couple of years at Cleveland versus the Guardians. And then you come out on top and class a blowing eight saves that blows my mind. Like, cause his stuff is way too good to blow three saves, not much, much less eight to lead the league. And so the fact that all those things happened and then the ninth inning, they played like the white Sox usually play with all the airs by Rocchio. That is unusual. And it's given me the slightest bit of solace for this season. You beat Cleveland. That's something to build on. That's your main nemesis. You put them on the top because they were the division champions and they are the reigning champions. So it gives me a little hope in going to next year, but also 23 games below 500. So you're not playing everybody else like you're playing the Guardians. So you need to improve on everybody else. And while you keep maintaining that distance between you and the Guardians. Well, if you, it just goes to show you the, the, the change that came from the from the new look schedule. I mean, you're taking away five, six, seven games against each of your four divisional opponents. The White Sox can have the, the most success they want against Cleveland, Detroit, and Kansas City. It doesn't make the same amount of difference that it has in years past. And, you know, you, you could, you know, look across the those three teams, give the Sox three, four, five more wins against each of them. I mean, you're talking about a pretty big difference in where they sit in the standings currently and where they could under the old the old model, so to speak. Uh, those divisional games just aren't as important as they used to be. Um, and as you go for as as the the number of playoff teams keeps growing and and the wild cards become 
equally as important as winning a division uh, in, in some regard, not entirely, but uh, in some regard, you know, it, it's just as important to go out there and beat the A's and go out there and, and, and beat the Yankees and go out there and beat the, the Cubs and the, the Giants and whoever, because you're playing all these teams now. Um, you see how easy it is. Not, not easy, but you, you see how it can happen that a team can fall 20 plus games under 500 because they just lose too much. You can't just beat up on three different teams and expect that to be enough. You need to be good across the board, which is really, it's, it's a positive in that, you know, you, you can't hide behind your weak division, so to speak, like maybe the White Sox have in years past or other teams have in years past because the AL Central has not been that good. But now you got to go out and beat everybody because that's who you're going to have to beat in the playoffs too. And, and you're seeing it during the regular season. Well, and thankfully, um, Jesse Chilton's is on the team. So, and he's going to be on the team he's, for next he's year. He's been pretty good, hasn't he? Second quality start <laughs> of the road trip, uh, one in Texas, one in Cleveland. Uh, he's thrown nearly 50 innings and has an ERA at 306. Uh, he's been pretty damn good. So, hey, uh, there's something cooking. Is he better than Dylan Cease? No. Gentlemen, <laughs> thoughts? Um, okay. Thought. Just thought. one thought. No. <laughs> uh, we did see Michael Kopech pitch on Saturday, and then we're going to get to some uh, fantastic comments. Uh, I know we have some super chats. Um, but uh, Michael Kopech uh, threw 97 pitches. Uh, was all right. Um, you know, what wasn't horrible. Um, the velocity was up from last time. I know there was a lot of concern that we had. Um, he was averaging around 95.1 on his fastball. Yearly averages around 95.4, so nothing too alarming there. Um, didn't get a ton of whiffs on his pitches. Um, he did get two on his changeup on eight swings, two on his slider on 12 swings, five whiffs on 23 swings on his fastball, um, but 16 called strikes on his fastball. So that was at least effective. Um, but again, the secondary pitches aren't there. 9% called strike and whiff percentage for the slider, 19% for his changeup, uh, well below average. Um, so, I mean, still some concerns with Kopech, but he's throwing 97 pitches. The velocity was staying strong. I mean, it's a developmental year. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not gonna look a gift horse in the mouth, I guess. But also, four walks is not four walks is not good. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Feel free to elaborate, Herb. That's all really I had. That's to say. literally <laughs> what I was gonna say. Like he, it seemed like the game plan was to have them pitch to or hit the contact, but also he walked four people, which is more than he struck out, and that thing keeps on going. But this time, it didn't cost him you know, into the fourth inning where he usually leaves or the fifth inning. He got into the sixth inning. The brouhaha happened in the five and a third, and he really couldn't get anybody else out after that. Better outing, there's more there. So it's good to see him do it versus Cleveland, but more consistency would be great. And him pitching like this, pitching to contact, maybe because he knows Cleveland doesn't take a lot of people out of the building, so he's not afraid as much. But, yeah, he's got to work on the – walking of the people like just battle them especially mm -hmm. now like it's the end of the season there's no pressure on you really to do anything but just pitch if they hit you hard what does it really matter you're pitching next year you're in the rotation next year so let's experiment now let's try to go at somebody with a 99 mile per hour fastball re rear it back in the sixth inning reach back for something extra and if they hit it they hit it but right. for the most part they're not going to hit it well i don't know how much this actually showed out or played out in the actual game you know you have to go back and watch some of the individual at bats of course but i know that during the broadcast today they were pointing out that i think these were the two top chasing teams in baseball mm -hmm. so when you've got i mean you know don't forget a second about the white Sox offense and think about michael kopech going against the cleveland offense it, if cleveland's offense is going to do that 
you, you know, you're, you're still walk, you're still walking four guys. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're still only getting three strikeouts. You're still like, this might be a kind of thing where we look at it and the final results are what they are. And we go, okay, a decent step in the right direction for him. But is this a thing where it is just as concerning? It's just that the other team was the exact, you know, right team to not do that damage against. I mean, like if you go up against a patient team, how many guys is he walking in that game? Because, you know, Cleveland's going up there swinging. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's what's their swing percent? I don't know their swing percent right now. Um, but the zone, the outside zone swing was thirty percent. So I mean, he was able to get you know outside of the zone contact. He was able to you know really get that for for Cleveland. Um, but yeah, I mean, you go up against I don't know. I, I mean, who who who's he had a bad start against? Like really bad this year. Cincinnati I mean, gave up all those home runs. Atlanta too. Um, <laughs> yeah, didn't yeah. make it out of the first inning in that one. Yeah. Atlanta can walk like crazy. And um, so, I mean, there you go. We saw that there. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it is kind of crazy though, that the last start that he had was against Cleveland and then was able to come back and have, you know, similar ish success. I think the biggest thing though, is just the the health seems to be all right, which is uh, the biggest concern. Cause he's got to, def- he's got to finish the developmental year. Um, anything else? Uh, Sox are going to welcome the Yankees uh, on tomorrow. So we'll have a post game show for everybody. Um, you got the, uh, you got the uh, waiver claim you wanted, Sean. Mm-hmm. I, that was Steven's guy. Steven wanted Brett Honeywell. That was I didn't my care. guy. I, I, there you go, Steven. Look they've at Steven. Got, hey, they've got it tight now. They're trying to get these reclamation projects, former top 100 guys. That it, they did it with Tuki. They're doing it with Luis Patino. And now they go out and get Brett Honeywell, too. I, I don't care. It's great. Um, I mean, hey, yeah. There's no risk. There's no risk. <laughs> let me have this one. Come on. No, I, I will let you have this one. And I, I wanted to give you your, your floor there. I'm glad that you got that out. Um, hey, it, he could be something. I'm not going to – is he on the team yet? Is he uh, Is he Jesse Schultz? Listen, listen. Like he, they just, tra- they just traded half the bull- more than half the bullpen. So they, they've got bullpen spots to go around. Bodies. No, they don't because Brian Shaw is the best body out there because he's coming out. He's shutting it down for Kopech. Uh, that, that comment got Steven to leave. Um, <laughs> shout out to Brian Shaw. Uh, no, I mean, it's there's this is there's no risk. Um, it, it can only help, not really going to hurt who is really, you know, who's he taking pitches from? Uh, who's he taking innings from? They need innings. They need people with lively arms. So, hey, maybe it won't work. Maybe it will. It won't really affect anything for the 2023 season. But Maybe it will for the 2024 season, and obviously we'll, we'll continue to track it. My guy Lame Ramsey also uh, got called up. Up today, uh, yeah. Very easy to find him in that fight last night because he was the tallest one, 6'9". Uh, John Rauchian, uh, love to see it. Uh, very excited to see what he can do. He's got a real lively fastball. Um, it was great to four see up, him Four up, four down training. today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was great in spring training, So, uh, and I know he's been good in AAA. So uh, the, the Sox might have got another guy. They're going to have Jimmy Lambert, who got his save, a 6'9 freak. Uh, Gregory Santos, who's like a six-seven freak. Now, is um, he a freak because he's good at baseball? Or is that the way you're using it, or is he just you call all six-nine people freaks? <laughs> Anybody above six-five, a freak. <laughs> Every NBA player is a freak. You're six-five, you're fast, and you can jump and dunk. You're a freak. That's weird. I am five-nine and balding. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there are NBA players who are balding, also. <laughs> Yeah, but like LeBron James is also including six, seven, the best one. And, yeah, and six seven and can dunk. <laughs> like he's, he's like really good, right? And I I've never been able to dunk at 40, 20, uh, you know, sixteen, nothing. Uh, so yeah, I would call them uh, respectfully a freak. So 
Um, anyways, uh, I know uh, some Cubs fans are invading uh, as the Cubs are apparently beating the Braves or something. Uh, the Cubs uh, will have a postgame show later on today on CHGO Sports. So make sure you're tuning in. We'll have a postgame show tomorrow after the Sox take on the Yankees. So make sure you're coming around. Hit that like button if you are still hanging out with us. Uh, and we will be here until the end of the season, the march towards 100 or the uh, magnetic push of 100. Uh, we will see. Uh, glass half full, glass half empty. Uh, Garrett Cole versus uh, Dylan Cease, too. So it should be a fun pitching matchup. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. That's Vinny Duber. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got whoa, two whoa. super chats. Oh, right. Thank you, Steven. This is, why, this is why you're the producer. All right. King Steven of the doesn't first. want to go quite yet. King of the first. <laughs> no, we oh, we'll, we'll go to uh, super chats first. Uh, our guy, Ellie, uh, with $1.99 super chat. His brother did not know who Otani was. So I'm glad that Ellie could let him know. Uh, he's going to be playing for the Chicago Cubs soon. Uh, and then uh, next super chats from our guy, Matthew Lucas. Uh, just supporting CHGO Sox content. You guys or you boys do it great despite the last few seasons team results. Thanks for being there for fans. Cheers. And we're always trying to be there for fans, Look whether you're a Bulls fan, Blackhawks fan, Cubs fan, whether you're uh, having a good time with your fandom, a bad time with your fandom, uh, we're always going to be there. And Hey, when he's going to be at the park too, making sure he's, you're getting in the, uh, the insight to the, we're not going to use rebuild retooling. We have to give it. A, we're so human. We have to lab, you know, we have to label it. Yeah. We have to give it a name. TTGO. The thing that's the, going on. Yeah, we've. TGO. Yeah, I'm kind of sick of uh, retooling and rebuilding. What if we take from Beyonce? It's the White Sox Renaissance. No, that's good. This is not well, a, a hope side of Renaissance. Lane Ramsey's in the bullpen. What 2024 is going to be a movie? <laughs> we got the, the Lifetime movie Zach Ramillard out here doing. Work. Who could who could play someone who's six foot nine though? Lane Ramsey. He's going to play he's himself. Not a good actor he's either. A, he's a freak. He's multifaceted. Uh, Lucas Giolito. I mean, he's six seven. He can do the pitching. He's in those Darwin Furniture commercials. Right. He does great. He's, he's got acting experience. Worst pitcher in baseball. Um, but thank you, Matthew Lucas. Uh, we appreciate uh, you guys helping us out. Renovation. That's thank pretty you. good. Alejandro. Yeah, Alejandro. Well, why does it have to be a re anything? I don't know. Well, it's all it's it's rebuild, retool. It's all. It seems like I guess Renaissance is re. Um, I don't know. Just R. We have yeah. to label it. And because all the things, all the things are in place that were in place before this, so we got to redo it, redo rejuvenation. We'll work on it. We'll workshop that's, it. Yeah, well, that's Vinny Duber. Uh, he's our wordsmith. You can follow him on Twitter uh, at, at oh no at uh, Vinny Duber. Uh, oh, thank you, Stephen. Uh, I'm gonna still do it. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckernroll23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, the king of the game is Luis Robert Jr. Uh, nice batting average of 308, 357, uh, one homer and three RBIs. And that's over the past week, right, Stephen? Um, I think that maybe? that is correct. Yes, last seven okay. days. Last seven days uh, for Luis Robert Jr., uh, including today, including the home run that got him to 30. He also had a triple, his first triple of 2023, uh, which could have been a double, and that could have gave him the 30-30 uh, season that he's closing in on. But uh, we will wait and see. Maybe he'll do it against the Yankees tomorrow. Uh, I'm Sean Anderson, your host. Follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us. We will talk to you tomorrow after they play the Yankees. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.